ओम ज्ञान चिरंधस्यज्ञानंजनशलाकाय चक्षुरिन्मीलितम् येन तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः devotional service executed by a person who is envious proud violent and angry and who is a separatist is considered to be in the mode of darkness purport it has already been stated in the shrimad bhagavatam first canto second chapter that the highest most glorious religion is the attainment of causeless unmotivated devotional service okay who knows that verse? that's an easy one सवाय पुंसां परो धर्मो तो भक्ति आदोषन भारी दुखियां प्रदीप आत्मा सुरक्षित इन प्योर डिवोशनल सर्विस डिवोशनलोटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवेटिवे
And later on he came to Prabhupada and he joined, he became Prabhupada's disciple and all his disciples, they got initiated by Prabhupada. But he would still keep, him and his followers would still keep somewhat separate from the standard ISKCON. <clears throat> He's still going on today. So they would criticize that, well, they're not really pure devotees. See, they're too passionate and they're very rough and we are very gentle and they didn't like book distribution I think it's too rough it's too aggressive they would just go in the streets they would sing with very gently not very heavy kirtan they'd sing with guitars they'd go in kami clothes just like pajamas and this kurta like this so in response to a question, it was one of the followers of this. Actually, I lived with him for several, this devotee for several years in in Bangladesh. He was living. There. So he sent a letter, as before he was initiated, to Prabhupada. That, you know, who's actually a pure devotee? And Prabhupada said that all of my disciples are pure devotees. On one hand, he was saying they're not fit to be Brahmins. On the other hand, you're saying they're all pure devotees. So if we're to discuss devotional service in the mode of ignorance, we'd think, well, maybe somebody who's not very clean, or they sleep a lot, is symptoms of the, the mode of ignorance. But it might be that someone has such symptoms, but is still considered a pure devotee, because it's not pure in the absolute sense of the term, but because they're, they're, they want to follow the path of pure devotional service, but due to conditioning, previous conditioning, they just, some things they just, it's difficult for them to overcome some bad habits. But such a person, they're expected to, because they're sincere to follow, they're expected to reform quickly. Shipram Bhavati Dharamatma. They quickly become reformed. If someone goes on for years and years without any improvement, then such a person is called a pretender. They're in devotional service, but they're not really very sincere because devotion, we should come out of Maya and come to the purified stage. So this here is being described, one who executes devotional service in the mode of ignorance. That means that the mode of ignorance is more prominent than the bhakti. If the bhakti, if the motive is to serve Krishna, then even one is coming from a background overlaid with ignorance and passion, then by the, by the power of bhakti, bhakti is purifying. That is one of the symptoms of bhakti. Vaishagni, what's the next? Shubhada. Then? Then? Sudurlava. Sandrananda Visheshatma, Shri Krishna Akashanichasa. So devotional service, that is purifying 
So if, if one may be coming from heavily conditioned background, but then by the power of bhakti one should overcome those bad habits. But if one is taken to bhakti, but his, his motive is not really to serve Krishna, then these other symptoms will remain prominent. One doesn't become purified. So you may think, well, why would someone who's angry, proud, why would they take to devotional service at all? Because tamagun and bhakti are completely opposite. The, the, the modes of material nature are different the, 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 to and pure bhakti the modes of material nature have no standing shuddha bhakti is nirgun this in a few verses Papila Dave will describe the uh, pure devotional services being nirgun beyond the he, first he describes bhakti executed in tamagun then in rajagun then in sattvagun and then nirgun Beyond the pure devotional services, beyond the modes of material nature. So it has nothing to do with the modes, and, and the mode of nature that is furthest away from bhakti, which is the antithesis of bhakti, is the mode of ignorance. Envy, <laughs> one of the violence, as a pure devotee, is just the opposite of envious. He's udara, udara sarva evete. The quality of a devotee, even a even a beginning devotee, he's udar, he's, he's liberal, magnanimous. He wants he's that udaran. What was that? Udaranam Envious means you think it's enviousness comes from ahammameti, I, me, and mine. I want this. No one else should have it. But udar, the characteristic of one who is udar is. He sees all the world as just like his family members. He doesn't differentiate between myself and others. So pure devotee is just the opposite from the mode of ignorance. Then why would anyone... How, how is it that one in the mode of ignorance has any contact with bhakti at all? So the word here, bhinnadrig bhava, a separatist, his attitude is one of separate. He, he comes to devotional service not actually to serve Krishna, but with some, he sees there's some opportunity here. I mean, there's something I can get out of this. He has some other motivation. Bhinnadrik, he sees differently. He doesn't see that everything is meant for Krishna, but he sees there's opportunity to take some advantage. Prabhupada writes more than once in his purports that sometimes we see people take to devotional service and when their financial condition is a bit improved, they go away again. And we practically see in our movement, especially uh, in poorer countries, India, Bangladesh, South America, some people come to devotional service and their economic condition improves. They, they go to America and then they, they, to do pujari service or something like this. And as soon as they get their green card, they're out on the beach selling t-shirts like this. But the, most of them, or many of them that do that, they'll still come to the temple on Sundays. So it's not that they're not devotees. 
or at least they'll come to Rathayatra or something like this. It's not that they're not devotees, it's that some of them may be wholly materially motivated, but but uh, they may have some attraction to Krishna, but the personal motivation or practical consideration, to use a euphemism, that's stronger. So they... Or it may be that uh, in devotional service, one, if one doesn't hear, if one doesn't have the capacity for... If one comes but doesn't hear from pure devotees, from pure devotees here means at least those who are imbibing, attempting to imbibe and inculcate the mode of pure devotional service. If, if you don't hear what we're supposed to be doing here, we're supposed to be giving up all personal motivations and surrendering to Krishna, then it's inevitable that we will take to devotional service in the way that we might take to anything else in the material world, just like just a over the road there's some club. What is? What do they do there? They play cards. And so I, 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 I've no idea about this club, who goes there or whatever, but sure there must be some politics there. About who will, who will be in charge, who will be the secretary, because every institution there's some politics and someone wants to get the better position and this and that. So people may take to bhakti like that also thinking that, well, it's another institution and here I can get some good position and people will respect me and I, I have some abilities, proud, I have some abilities more than others. If one doesn't hear, he may have some piety by which he has some kind of attraction to this way of life, but it's mixed up with a strong condition so that one one may take it as a career that was very prominent in our movement at one time because some of the leaders, especially one of them who became very prominent, he, he developed the movement very strongly in one area. He was, he was making, getting lots of books distributed and purchasing lots of properties and meeting all big people in society. But it was, it was very much... Uh, it was structured like a corporation and it, it was they actually introduced what they called horizontal vertical management systems and they're really into management systems and he was a very intelligent leader but it all collapsed because it seems his motive which in the beginning may have been pure he became enamored by the power and the position and, and then everyone in that area also became enamored by that and they lost the taste of what it means to be a devotee. How sweet it is, how it is really in our self-interest uh, to engage in the sweetness of devotional service. That's why Prabhupada wanted us to hear and chant together. Don't forget the essence. We have so many things to do, so much work to do, but you have to hear and chant together. This is our essence, is the essence of what we're doing. If otherwise and hearing hearing means I am meant for Krishna. 
So if we don't hear that, then the tendency is to maintain a separatist attitude because that's the way we see the world, this bhav, separatist attitude. Everyone in the material world has this attitude that I am separate from Krishna. Krishna, my interest is separate from serving Krishna. So even if one goes through the motions of devotional service, one chants, but unless one hears, unless one imbibes this understanding that I am meant for Krishna, then uh, we'll remain at the, the very neophyte stage of and thinking in terms of ahamma meti, I, me and mine. My temple, my zone, my disciples. Instead of thinking that these are, even if we think my disciple, of course in one sense, yes, but in another sense we should understand that these are all, these disciples are meant for serving Krishna, not meant for serving me. I may accept service as part of my duty in training them to serve Krishna, but I am not the enjoyer. One, one who is, the uh, Srila Bhaktisthansa was explaining that a Mahabhagavat thinks that he's the disciple of everyone. And there, therefore he's the only person qualified to be a guru. <laughs> you got that? A Mahabhagavat sees every person as his guru. Therefore he's the only one who's qualified to be a guru. Because he thinks that everyone is a devotee except me, so they're all my gurus. So he's the only one, but of course to execute the function of guru, he comes to the Madhyam Adhikari platform to execute that function. But if one starts thinking, my disciples, and they should glorify me, then one becomes in a very dangerous condition. So envy, pride, and when that increases, these are the symptoms of conditioned souls. And when that increases more than violence and anger, we were discussing last night about these football hooligans who they, they deliberately go to a football game to be violent because they know that some other violent supporters of another team there and they go there specifically for the sake of fighting with each other. There's nothing to fight about. I mean, it's not that... You can understand if someone's attacking your country or something, there's something to fight about, but there's, there's, there's no real reason to fight, but they invent a reason, which is the football game. And just on the basis of that, they... they uh, because they, they're so anxious to cause violence to others, that they make an excuse for it, which is the, the football. And even they're not playing. I remember once the, there were two British teams that were playing in separate places in Europe. And their fans, they, they, they met on the ferry going over. They're not playing against each other, but still they fought. They had a big fight. <laughs> so, just because they're envy, that they're feeling, I must, I must, we must cause harm to others very perverted mentality. 
How could one in devotional service be like that? Devotional service means the heart should become soft. And this envy and violence means the heart is hard. That means that one is not really entered into devotional service. I mean, we don't want to say any names, but we've, we've seen that some devotees in our movement, they're very, they're very hard. They have a, some position of authority and they're very, very harsh on, on the, their subordinates. Of course, Prabhupada could also be very hard, more hard than anyone. But that was, devotees felt that harshness as, what is that, kusuma pikomol, then vajra dapi kotor, that the simultaneously as soft as a flower and as hard as a thunderbolt. So they, they felt that the they felt the softness through the hardness, that the hardness is meant for breaking the hardness on my heart, which is stopping me from actually surrendering to Krishna. But if it's only hardness and there's no softness, it's just taking a position to be nasty and, and others, then then we neither that person can advance in devotional service, nor can anyone in his association become becomes very difficult. So this analysis is here of those who have a separate mentality. Those who have a separate mentality, they cannot advance in devotional service. If one is has the some contamination of tamagun but comes to devotional service, there's some spark of feeling that, yes, I want to surrender to Krishna then the tamagun can be overcome. But if one is coming to bhakti with, with clearly some separate motive, of course it may not be very clear, that's the problem, that's why Piladeva is analyzing it, but a predominant other motive, then even then some purification may be there, but it's... Unless one is in contact with a very with very powerful devotees, then one will maintain one's separatist attitude and go on. One may go on throughout life and then like that. And also another point is that those who have this separate attitude, then they'll adjust the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. They will, or they'll reinterpret it. That must be there. Because their activities and the, their, their, and the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, they don't go together, so they adjust it. <laughs> this is the way that the upper sampradayas develop. People have desires separate from those of service to Krishna, but they want to present themselves as devotees. Therefore, they say that what I'm doing, this is actually pleasing to Krishna, even though it's not. So it's actually a cheating process. Just like these Saki Bekis, they say, well, Krishna likes gopis, so I'll dress as a gopi. He doesn't, doesn't like you, you smelly. You have to shave twice a day, otherwise your beard becomes... Pro <laughs> 
it doesn't that's Krishna was his gopis they are transcendental gopis not your stinking body <laughs> male features and sari that's nonsense but they have some strange desires to dress as women and that's you may say that's an extreme example but there are so many apasampradayas so here it's recommended don't associate with such people of course Srila Prabhupada he went to the west and he picked up all kinds of people really all, all kinds and more whatever kind you can imagine and some more unimaginable just like when Prabhupada was asked well, what do you mean? Prabhupada was saying they're, they're mostly coming from the background of the hippies and then the reporter asked well what do you mean by hippie Prabhupada said that you can say better than me something extraordinary so it was amazing that Prabhupada saw in these actually crazy people the spark of desire to serve Krishna and they had faith in the process of Krishna consciousness that they could become purified by that and Prabhupada emphasized kirtan and prasadam but he also gave lectures and in the early days of the right from the very beginning his lectures were just straight strong and heavy when it came to the philosophy the, the kirtan He'd, sometimes they had kirtan, you can bring whatever instruments you like, and the prasadam, yeah, give them lots of prasadam. And this was like some attraction. But the philosophy, he was just straightforward, right from the very beginning. That, all right, now you're attracted, now you listen. If you, want to, if, you want, if you really want to know what this is all about, you listen to this, and then they can understand how serious this is. And what is the actual philosophy of Krishna consciousness? There's no compromise in Prabhupada's, at least in his formal presentation of philosophy. Sometimes in speaking with people, he would say things which, uh, although not untrue, but sometimes he would present the, he would present the philosophy in a manner which was palatable for people to accept. Just like Satsuru Maharaj was before coming to Krishna Consciousness, he was very much attracted to reading all different books of different philosophers and novels, and he thought these people are good because they seem to you know, sort of have some empathy for suffering humanity. I remember reading myself, I used to read so many books. There's a book by, a short book called John, by John Steinbeck, an American author called Of Mice and Men. It's taken from Shakespeare. So it describes about how there was this really, there was a huge guy and he was very simple mentally. And he, he liked mice and he used to play by then. He just accidentally just killed them. Why am I telling this? Anyway, I'll finish it. And then, it's uh, so a short. And then, and then he accidentally killed a person one day because he didn't know how strong he was and he accidentally killed. So it should. So he's kind of showing. I remember after reading, I was thinking, "Well, I'd like to meet this person who wrote the book. He has a lot. He has a lot of feeling for people." So anyway, Sethu Maharaj asked, "Well, what about all these novelists and 
Are they also are they also not devotees? It's a very naive question to ask, actually. But are they also not good? And Prabhupada said, well, they're good as much as they are sincere. So he didn't directly say, yes, yasti bhaktiya bhagavatya kinchana savaya gunais tattva samasate sura. Harava bhaktasya kuto mahanguna he didn't say because he could see that he was attached to think of these these writers they they're good people so he didn't say that anyone who's in this circumstance Prabhupada didn't say anyone who's not a devotee has no good qualities he says as much as they are sincere so that's true of course how Satsarupa at the time understood the word sincere and how Prabhupada understood it is something different but he didn't he presented it like that in a manner that that he could digest at the time Sasra wrote so many books about Prabhupada and all little anecdotes little experiences he had and then he'd analyze it why Prabhupada was doing so many books he wrote like that so this hearing, by hearing, we can gradually become purified. One, if one is very, here it's recommended not to associate with persons, even with devotees who are in the mode of ignorance. But if one is very strong, he can purify. Otherwise one may become affected by their bad association. That's why it's recommended not to associate with them even though they're devotees of sorts. But you, you won't make spiritual advancement because they have a different motive. So, there's also this idea, well, we're all devotees. But we're all devotees, so it's all the same. But you have to see what is someone's motive, what is his character. If one is a devotee but he's not of good character, Prabhupada quotes this several times in his books from Vishwanath Chakrad Thakur, he should be avoided. Because if we say that, well, good character, bad character, it's all the same, then uh, the substratum of bhakti, which is generic dharma, if, if we don't follow the basic dharma, which is required for everyone, then uh, how can our bhakti develop? Bhakti is not developed, not dependent on generic dharma, but then if we don't, but if we don't follow that, then if we are affected by the lower modes of nature, then we will remain conditioned by the lower modes of nature. So we should hear that we have to be unmotivated without any personal motivation. This is often also misused actually. That you should not have any motive, you should just do everything for Krishna. Someone says that and they're actually taking it that, oh, you just do what I say and you don't have any other personal desire. I am the representative of Krishna. We've seen many times. That's one reason why in our movement at the present time, often devotees, they don't want to follow authorities because it has been misused. You say, well, you shouldn't 
you shouldn't do whatever you like, you just follow authority, do what I say, which actually Prabhupada said, that we should follow authorities. But then sometimes that was misused because the authorities themselves, they had some personal ambition to fulfill in the name of devotional service. So, a major point here is that our own devotional service should be pure of motive. Another important point is that it's very difficult, it's very important to see what level of association we're taking. And that's why Lord Kapila Dave is telling that it's 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 not all the same. That different devotees may have different motivations. So we should intimately associate with those devotees whose association can can help us, can purify us, who are sincerely striving to serve Krishna. Otherwise they may be working very hard, but if they have some other motive, then that will come out in due course of time. One may be apparently very successful in devotional service and so on. I was telling me someone was saying that, oh, such and such, he's a very successful guru, he's got lots of disciples. Is that how you succeed? They, they see it as some kind of material endeavor. Like in the material world, if you get more money and you have a company with a thousand people working for you, you're considered successful. So is it the same in bhakti that you're more successful because you have more desire? It's a very strange attitude. How many disciples did Gokishadas Bhamji Maharaja? <laughs> that one, he, was, he, he delivered the whole world. <laughs> So this uh, mundane attitude come from this separate vision, separatist vision. One can see clearly, as Srila Prabhupada comments in the fourth canto, Krishna conscious means to see the universe, to see the, everything the way Krishna sees it, the way Krishna does. Krishna sees it, of course, that I am the enjoyer of everything, everything is mine. Aham sarvasya prabhavaham. That means to see the way, to see everything in relation to Krishna, to see the way Krishna directs us to see it. Otherwise, if we see separately, I, I, Krishna is there and I'm here, and I have my interest and Krishna's interest, I, I'll do a little seva. And I'll get something back. That's Prabhupada says it's a business deal. It's like you go to the factory, you do some work and you get some pay. The the worker has a different interest to that of the manager or to the owner. So it's that's material life. But bhakti means to have no other interest. That mood has to be uncomfortable. Otherwise, we may we may even sing all the songs. Sarvasvata, I, I am fully surrendered to you, Bhaktivinoda. We may sing, but we actually have to cultivate that power. One thing I was thinking of discussing at some point that uh, there's one thing that Prabhupada stressed so much and we've, we've, we don't discuss it much 
nowadays, probably because it's difficult to understand how it could be done, and probably everyone will run away if we say it. Uh, but Prabhupada, he often said, it comes up many times in his writings, that, you ready, Grihastas, for this one? Prabhupada said that 50% of your income should be spent for devotional service. We don't preach that anymore because no one's prepared to do it. Anyway, it seems. And uh, it's difficult to imagine how it could be done because what with rents and, uh, you know, just living costs, just living at a minimal level seems to cost like 150% of your income. <laughs> Everyone's living in debt. So it's difficult to understand. But I'm just thinking of this, that, you know, we're, we're going and collecting from the public. And actually, our devotees, who are grihastas, they, they should also give Lakshmi. Otherwise, if it's Prabhupada criticized that, that some rich man, he retires and goes to live in Vrindavan. And he says, but he leaves all the money for the family. He says, my bhakti is for Krishna, and my money is for the family. So Prabhupada, he didn't appreciate that. So, anyway, I won't go into detail now. That's another subject. But I'm just thinking how to bring this up among our grihastas in a manner that they don't all run away. <laughs> but uh, that's also important part of surrender. If we think my bhakti is for Krishna, my money is for me and my family, then uh, it's, it's difficult to see how we can advance more. All right, Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Yes, please. Yeah, bhakti, it's... Yeah, that's an important point. I discussed that yesterday, right? That bhakti is by its nature is pure. It says here, satamasa. Sa means he refers to, not to bhakti, but to the performer. Bhakti is nirgun. I was discussing that yesterday. How we say shuddhanam, namabhas, namaparad. But actually nam is only shuddha. But when we say the uh, reflection of the Holy Name, actually the, the name is all effulgent. The, the name on. So it's not that devotional service is within the modes of nature. By definition it cannot be. But it appears to be being covered by the attitude of the performer. Just like we say the conditioned soul. Badha The jeev is by nature pure, but covered by wrong conception. Otherwise, bhakti that I was saying is just the opposite of tamagu. It's completely opposite. The two things don't mix. They may appear to. So we should see ourselves that we violence to others. The violence doesn't mean only physical violence, but the desire to do harm. Someone should not do better than me. I was told in one temple, 
someone, he's been for many years the top collector, and some new boy joined and he was collecting more and he told him, you don't, you don't collect more than me or I'll break your legs. He said, you can collect one paisa less than me, but don't collect more. So, I heard this, it's believable. So, not to, not to want to harm others. The opposite of that is udar, udarta. That's another thing. I want to discuss that some other time. Yeah. In the Shastra, there are so many examples of magnanimity. Rantidev, Haris Chandra. These are in the uh, Dronacharya. He knew that, uh, who is that? Drishya Jumna is to kill me, but he trained him in fighting anyway. Because he was in liberal attitude, open attitude. So that Udarata is superlatively manifest in the character of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mahabharata and his followers. But that's another discussion. It's the opposite of Hingsa. In this material world, Hingsa is the uh, desire to harm others. It's another it's another uh, manifestation of Matsarya. These words, Hingsa, actually in Bengali the word Hingsa is the normal word. It means the opposite of, of love or affection or, or good feeling. Well, Hingsa is used. Matsarya, Irsha is another word. There are similar words. Then pride, anger. We can see that before Iskon, activities mostly we are preaching to many people, and many people will join, uh, not maybe because of the pure motivation, but they will be somehow attracted and how to accommodate. Yeah, someone gets position. It seems to me that often people get position not be, in generally because not because of a spiritual qualification, but because of a material qualification. Because to manage in this material world, even a spiritual organization, some kind of if someone is has some leadership qualities or or even if they don't have leadership qualities, if, if they're somewhat more adept at interacting with the material world than others around him, he may get some position. And it's often people who, who, who think in terms like this, that I should be big, I should be prominent. They're the ones who kind of elbow themselves into position or, or by some, they, they know this, you know, you you have to flatter this person and then he'll give you a position. And it becomes mundane, actually. And it happens. It's, inev it's inevitable in an organization. Whereas uh, someone who's more advanced, they, you might not even notice them. Because they're just doing some humble service. <laughs> so it's not necessarily true. I'm not saying that every leader in ISKCON is, is a basically materially motivated, but... It's uh, it's an intrinsic danger within an institution that people with of a spiritual institution that people 
take position largely because of a motive which is not conducive to the spiritual interest of the institution. Even then it might be conducive to the material interest. Of course nothing is material but the, you could say the external manifestation. Just like there was one the, the manager in the Gorya Mat and people, the, the devotees came and complained to Bhagavad Gita said, he's stealing so much. He said, what does that matter to you? What did you come here for? You're doing, you came to do bhajan, you do bhajan. He said, if I had to appoint, if I had to hire a person as expert as him, I'd have to pay so much money anyway. That was his outlook, and difficult to understand. That was the cause of the split of the Gorya Mat. Actually, people were well. It's complex. But Prabhupada said that he cited that as the main reason that people were upset with him, and after the, the fire was going on inside, and then when Bhaktisthan Saraswati the taco left the volcano, <laughs> exploded, and it would have gone on if anyway. It's a complex history. But then that person who was accused as such, he did maintain the institution throughout his life and it's going on to the present day and people are still coming to that and becoming Krishna conscious. So, the will of the Lord, that may be beyond our capacity to fully understand. <laughs> Prabhupada compared him to Putana, that... He came with a different intention. Putana came with a different intention to Krishna. So this person came with a different motivation to my Guru Maharaj. But just as Krishna delivered Putana, so my Guru Maharaj delivered him anyway. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, it's a big subject, right? <laughs> Yeah. One of Bhaktisthan Sarasvatakur's disciples, Grihasa, he used to give 100%. And then Bhaktisthan Sarasvatakur arranged to give something, a small amount back to his wife for managing the family. And he said that that's the standard, although only one did. I don't think Prabhupada did. I don't know if he himself was giving 50%. He never said that he did. And then sometimes people say, well, it's 50% of that after your basic needs. But then your, your basic needs are unlimited. Yes, your basic needs are more than your income. What, what we think we need. I just said to one of our enterprising entrepreneurs, businessman devotee here, saying that you're always losing money, you should make some vow before you do a venture that you'll give so much to, to Krishna before you do it, then maybe Krishna will help you better. <laughs> In Russia there was one devotee, he started doing a business and it went very well and from the beginning he gave 50% to the temple and it just expanded and expanded and it became huge. 
And then his father saw that and he started giving 50%. His father was a complete karmi. He was also doing business. He also started giving 50%. And his business expanded. And he, then he started giving 70%. His father gave 70% and expanded even more. <laughs> he was selling blankets, which you can imagine in Russia. Somehow or other, there hadn't been some... I don't know, somehow or other... I mean, definitely blankets are needed in Russia about eight months of the year. So, uh, maybe they were imported or something, I don't know. But it was a huge business. It's a big country, a big population, and it's damn cold a lot of the year. So, I don't know if it would work out in every case, but it did in that case. What do you do? Stocks and shares? The dolphin swimming pool. That's all you do. It's seasonal business only. Just for two, three months a year. No, expand your bhakti, brother. <laughs> but if you only have two, three months a year, then you should spend the rest of the time doing full-time bhakti, isn't it? Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Mr. Vangari Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Guru Mahathir Satsang is a businessman there and because of 20 years of disability on its own side, it's a condition in Shabbat. Sure. And it's like, yeah, can we extend his business by so... What have you meant? On the individual